0: 2 Let's stand. 202, near to the heart of God. We'll sing all three verses. Page 202. <clears throat> there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us who wait before thee Near to the heart of God On that second There is a place of comfort sweet Near to the heart of God A place where we our Savior meet Near to the heart of God O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us to wait before Thee near to the heart of God. And on that last, there is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. All right, you may be seated.
1: Yes, Amen. Appreciate that song. All right, goes with the message. Of course, we're going through uh, James on Wednesday night, so let's turn to James, chapter 4, James, chapter 4, in the Word of God, James 4, and we'll read verses 7 through 17, James 4, James 4, and we'll be reading verses 7 through 17 in the Word of God, all right, and uh, again, all right, James, Hebrews, Hebrews. James, usually I have a mark, but there we go. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. James 4, verse 7 says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness." Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak evil, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is evil. James 4, 7 through 17. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, again, we pray for the needs tonight. Lord, I think about the unspoken. Lord, I'm glad that, Lord, uh, you hear the cries of our heart and Lord, that the Holy Spirit is there to hear our cries and our groanings, and Lord, take that and bring it before the throne of God on our behalf. Lord, I think about uh, uh, the physical needs uh, that were mentioned, or we think of Sister Allison and others tonight. Lord, thank you for the good report concerning Brother McLean. Lord, we thank you for that and continue to help him and uh, to heal him. Uh, Lord, we think of uh, uh, Sister Pam tonight. Lord, give her wisdom. Lord, uh, you are here to guide, and Lord, just guide here and make it clear: this is the way, this is the job, or this isn't. Whatever your will is, there, dear God, help her to rest in your faithfulness. Lord, uh, we thank you for uh, our brother and sister that are here tonight, God, and their testimony of being saved so many years and serving you faithfully so many years. And Lord, others that are here tonight, Lord, just thank you for faithful people. People that just stay by the stuff, uh, dear God, and continue day in and day out, Lord God, just to be a faithful witness, a shining light uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the testimony of faithfulness. Now, Lord, I pray if by chance there's somebody here, somebody listening that's not saved, God, work in that heart tonight and draw that one unto you. Lord, we thank a Brother Wood's brother. Lord God, please get a hold of that heart, Lord, that he would uh, turn to you, and Lord, that uh, he'd be able to go to... uh, the home with Brother Kronz. We think of Brother Wood's uh, father. Lord, we all have lost loved ones and, uh, or perhaps people that are loved, loved ones that are saved but just weren't where they should be. God, please work in those hearts. Now again, Lord, as we look at the Word of God, help us to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to be what He'd have us to be, that in everything, Jesus Christ would have the preeminence and Jesus Christ would get the glory. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, as we uh, look in uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, portion of Scripture tonight, again, uh, notice what it says there in uh, verse 14, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? What is your life? Let's think on that uh, thought for a moment tonight. You know, we only have one life, <laughs> right? Tis only one life will soon be passed. Not what's done for Christ will last, but what Christ does through you will last. That's the way we say it, amen? What Christ does through you will last. So we have one life, and what we do with God, what we do with God or allow God to do with us and through us determines what we're able to do with this one life. So the evidence of our Christian life, right, of course, is in the way that we live it, right? We want people to know. We don't want to just say that we're... Uh, uh, we're. Uh, 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 believers. We want people to see that in our life. Like they say, preach the word, use words if you have to, amen, let people see it in our life. So as uh, uh, we look at this portion of scripture and look at this thought, what is your life? You know, uh, now notice what else it says, something about this life. Uh, In this verse, it says, you know, what is your life? And notice what it says, it's even a vapor that appears for, notice this, a little time a little time, right? It appears for a little time. So think about that life, little time, life, little time. Here it says it's even a vapor for a little time. Now think about how old are you? Now we found out how old one person was tonight, right? (laughs) He was 87, right? And well, you all know how old you are. You ladies know how old you are, right? Don't try to, right? We know that. Now think about how old you are. Well, whatever the case is, you'd probably agree it seems like just a little time. He said, boy, it seems like just the other day I was that little boy running around in the playground at school or that little uh, girl, you know, uh, my mom carrying her arm just seems like the other day. Well, Jacob said it well. Jacob said it well in Genesis 47, 9. Jacob said unto Pharaoh, remember he came before Pharaoh, uh, Joseph brought him before Pharaoh, and uh, Jacob made this statement. The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. I don't think anybody's reached that yet. But uh, our 130 years, and notice what he says, "'Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been.'" Boy, in whatever age uh, you are tonight, you'd probably say the same thing. "'Few and evil have been uh, your days by the grace of God.'" But Deuteronomy uh, 32, I mean, you can turn there if you want. I'm going to read verses 46 and 47 of Deuteronomy 32, and it makes a, a, a statement here. Deuteronomy 32, 46 says this, And he said to them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do. That's a good thing to do. Amen? Uh, You need to know the Word of God. You need to love the Word of God and pass that Word of God on to the next generation. All the words of this law. And, of course, uh, we've had some words added to that. Amen? uh, Since they gave that testimony in Deuteronomy. Verse 47, for it it is not a vain thing for you. And then notice the statement, because it is your life. It is your life. And through this thing, you shall prolong your days in the land, whether you go over Jordan to possess it. And notice that statement in verse 47 of Deuteronomy, it is your life. Now, think about that. Young people, you know, you say, well, it's my life. Well, you know what? You're right. God even said it's your life. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that one life that God has given you, that God has given you? God says this to the young people in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Good verse for the young people. Remember now thy creator. Notice this statement. In the days of thy youth. In the days of thy youth. When? When? Tells you what to do, when to do it, in the days of thy youth. That means before you're 40. Just joking. Inside joke, right? (laughs) Right? Just joking. They say, wow, some of you are saying, what, I'm still young? Right. Yes, yes, compared to some of us, you're still young. But it says in the days of thy youth. So remember this, God desires for us to turn our life over to him at the youngest age Possible. You know, people talk about the age of accountability. We can talk about that. But hey, whatever age you understand, get saved. And from that moment, turn your life over to God. I believe he really wants us to turn everything over to him at the youngest age possible. What you need to do, hey, whatever age you are, listen, I'm, I say to the young people, but whatever age and stage you are, get the main thing to be the main thing as early as possible in your life. Let me say that again. Get the main thing, right? Saved and the will of God for your life. Get the main thing to be the main thing as early as possible in your life and then keep it the main thing all the days of your life. So get the main thing to be the main thing as quickly as you can, then make it the main thing and keep it the main thing all the uh, days of your life. That's the main thing I want to say tonight just to get the point there, right? But, But young people, here's the question. I'm focusing on the young people. Of course, if I, say that, I say this to everyone, but I just want to say even this to the young people tonight. Young people, when is the last time you came to the altar and did business with God? When is the, I say that to everybody, but I say it with a focus on the young people tonight, when's the last time you came to the altar, whether it was the altar at church or maybe a, a place in your home or wherever, and did business with God? Keep a short account with God. And you say, well, if it's been a while, I'd say it's time to update, update, right? And check on that. It is so important. It is so important. Uh, turn over uh, to Luke chapter 12. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 12 and look at this uh, familiar story here. And uh, notice a couple of things about this man. Uh, Luke 12, we'll look at verses 16 through 23. Luke 12. 12, verses 16 through 23 in the Word of God. Give you a moment to turn there. Luke 12, beginning, right? Beginning verses 16 through 23 says this. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully... And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Now, notice what he's saying again here. I'm going to begin at verse 17 again. And he thought, look at this, within himself, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Well, we know what he said. Now let's listen to what God said. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Now, remember talking about life, right? It's a vapor. It's a short time. It's your life. Hey, it was his life. It was his life. But he said, thou fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. So you look at these, and one thing you see, this guy definitely had an eye problem, amen, <laughs> that surgery couldn't fix. This guy had an eye problem that surgery could not fix. It was all about him. In verse 20, it says, then, that moment, right, once you're gone, then, Whose will those things be? You know, suddenly, that moment, suddenly they are just things. Well, you know what? Whether you're alive or dead, remember, those are just things, right? God is more important than things. People are more important than things. Things is what they actually were all along. Again, verse 22, he said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for what? Your life, there's a thought again, your life your life. And then verse 23, because notice what it says. Again, verse 23. Life, the, the life, talking about life, is more than meat. Now, here you say the life is more than meat. But here we can say the life is more than, boy, you fill in the blank. Whatever you think is important. What do you think is important? You know, if that's something outside of God, you may think that is something out there is more important than anything in God, well, fill it in. Well, life is more than that thing right? Uh, if you desire something outside of God's will. So verse 12, it says, this man. And notice some things about this man. It says he worked hard. That's admirable, right? We, want, we, don't want, we don't want people to be lazy buns. We want them to work hard. Hey, that's a good thing. Hey, if you work hard, amen, you're doing the right thing. He earned, right? He got wages, right? He got, he got benefit from his hard work. We want people to get benefit from their hard work. That's good stuff. His work was multiplied. Man, that's a great blessing when you you work hard and you see the benefits of that, right? You see the benefits of your labor. That's a a good thing. He built another admirable thing. He was successful. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being uh, successful. But what was his great failure? As mentioned also in James, he left God out of the equation of his life. He left God out of the equation of his life. Verse 21 says what? And is not rich toward God. Hey, again, the Bible doesn't say anything about uh, having riches, right? There's nothing wrong with having riches. What's the problem? When riches have you and that becomes your focus and you're not rich towards God. So, hey, uh, we want, we, again, young people, amen, we want you, hey, if you can get a good education or you can find a good job and uh, you can be the best em, uh, employee on that job and uh, you can get promotion, all that stuff's good. That's a good, that's a good uh, testimony. Hey, I don't, I don't want my uh, kids to be lazy. I don't, right? Uh, we don't want, but, but again, keeping your priorities, keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that is letting God be where he should be in your life as it talks about. So here's the thought again. How are you going to spend this life? How are you going to spend the little time, the little time the Bible says you have, will you end life saying it was a waste or it was a wonder. <laughs> Amen? Hey, uh, I, hopefully up at this point in my life, I can say, you know what? Life, since I got saved, life has been a wonder. Amen? <laughs> I, just, uh, I just wonder how God uh, did all that through somebody uh, uh, like us. Amen? That's what we want. That's the testimony we want to have. You know, turn over to John eighteen thirty-seven. Of course, this is Jesus before Pilate. This is Jesus before Pilate, John 18. And he's standing before Pilate. Notice verse 37. John 18 and verse 37. And notice the statement that Jesus makes. Pilate therefore said unto him, talking to Jesus, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Notice that statement that he made. For this cause came I into the world. Of course, we know Jesus knew why he came into the world. And you know what? God wants us to know. He, God wants us to know why he put us there. Lord, why would you allow me to be born in this world? You know, God wants everybody to be able to have that testimony. God wants all of us to know. And God wants all of us to understand and God wants all of us to be able to say, for this cause came I into the world. You say, oh, but he was Jesus. Well, yes, but all he, what was he really doing? He was just doing the will of God for his life. And since he knew he was in the will of God, he could say, for this cause I came into the world. Isn't that a wonderful thing? If you find the will of God for your life, And you make the will of God, again, the burning, yearning desire of your heart. And you can say, if you can say this moment, I know that I'm in the very will of God for my life. Right. And you know what God desires for your life. Then you can say, have the same testimony as the Lord Jesus Christ for this cause came I into the world amen this is his will for my life what a wonderful thing that is to be able to say hey life it's your life but it's just a vapor amen but before it vanishes away right what a wonderful thing to be able to say and to know the cause that God allowed you to come in to the world so let's go back to to just a thought there about life going back to to James and again notice verse 7 says this submit yourselves therefore to God right this is some things that we need to do with this life while we're here what are some things we need to do well one thing here we see some things we need to do right here one submit yourself therefore to God that's one thing you need to do with your life resist the devil and he will flee from you All right the word of God says so to believers James writes submit yourselves therefore to God yielding of course means obedience the whole book of the bible this whole book of the bible James is about being an obedient christian Again, verse 25 of chapter 1 says this, But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continueth therein, right, does what the word of God says, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And of course, we all want to be blessed. James considered, right, any part of the Christian life that was not submitted to God, amen, uh, to be a waste and a vanity. So we need to submit to God then we need to what? Resist the devil. God gives the promise that if you will resist the devil, then he will flee from you. And once again, who's our great example? The Lord Jesus Christ. We all know, right? Remember Matthew chapter four? Remember Jesus gets baptized. And then what? He's driven by the spirit into the wilderness. So Christ's great temptation. And before he went into the wilderness, right? He got baptized and his testimony was what? That he was submitted to God that he was submitted to God. And then he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what? While he was there, he was tempted of Satan. So he was submitted to God. He was controlled by the Holy Spirit. And while he was there, he was what? Able to resist the devil. Able to resist the devil, what? Using the Word of God. And just like uh, James teaches us, if you're submitted to God, and you resist the devil. What's he going to do? He's going to flee from you. And so we see that example in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was submitted to God, right? The devil came to tempt him. He resisted the devil through the power of the Spirit and the power of the Word of God. And Matthew four eleven says this: Then the devil leaveth him. Then the devil leaveth him. So we say, hey, Jesus gives the example. He submitted to God. He resisted the devil, and we see the devil left him. And he says, you know what? uh, uh so he the devil didn't leave him just because he was God in the flesh the devil left him because he followed the principle if you will right be submitted to, uh, to the father amen be filled with the spirit uh, know the word of God right and use the word of God and the devil will flee for you just like he did the Lord Jesus Christ so we need to submit our understanding to the truth of God and we need to submit our will to the will of his precepts and the will of his uh, providence and direction in our life. So as you look at these verses, try to finish up here. If you read verses 8 through 10, notice we'll we'll read those together again. Draw an eye to God. He will draw an eye to you. But here it is. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Right? Humble yourselves under in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So the Bible tells us first to draw nigh to God. In these verses, 8 through 10, there are warnings against pride, right? We know what was the first sin, pride, the devil, right? So he has to continually warn us against pride. But Anybody ever have to deal with that? I still think of that. Sometimes I just want to knock myself across the head. When I when I you know I see myself get get prideful about something or whatever, I just have to say, Jeff, you are so I got two words for you, Jeff. Stupid, amen. What is wrong with you, man? You have nothing to be proud about, right? You're just an unworthy servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gets all the glory. So there's a warning against pride because wars and fightings originate in pride. And then he he tells us what? To, to, To draw nigh to God. Do you want the blessing of the Lord? God says, again, we're supposed to submit to the Lord and resist uh, uh, the devil. Draw nigh to God. What could be better than being near to God? What could be be better than that, being near to God? Psalm Psalm 73, 28 says this. I like this verse, Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. Man. I say amen right there. It's good for me, we sang that song tonight, for me to draw near to God. Lord, I have put my trust in Lord God that I may declare all thy works. It's good for me. You want to do something good? Draw near to God. It's good for you to draw near to God. That word nigh, right? draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. I like, I like this definition of nigh. It means to be at hand. Amen? You know that's a servant's job, right? To be at hand. Hey, when the master wants up, you're at hand. You're, you're right there you're ready to go, right? You're, you're you're ready to go. But you know what? Not only does God want want you to be ready to go with him, you know what he says? You draw nigh to me, I'll be at hand for you. <laughs> hey, you need to pray? I'm right here. You need some grace? I'm right here. You need some wisdom? I'm right here. You need to be strengthened in the inner man? I'm right here. I'm at hand. You're at hand for me. And God says, I want you to know, I'll be at hand for you. You need that wisdom about that job. You need that unspoken uh, prayer met. You need uh, God's guidance in some other area of your life. Amen. Be on hand for God. He'll be on hand for you, whatever the need is in your life. Deutera- Deuteronomy 4 7 says this, talking about the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 4 7. I like this. For what nation is there so great who hath God? so nigh unto them as the lord our god as in as is as the lord our god is in all things that we may call upon him for now right then he's dealing with israel and he says hey wh- 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 who who can be greater or what is greater than a people that have god so close to them hey listen that's us today right that's us. Listen, what is what, what is so what, what people is there so great? But you can take that down to yourself. <laughs> what individual is so great who hath God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things when they call upon him? God wants that verse to be real in your life. Man, God, what a, what a wonderful thing. What a great thing. It's good for me to draw close to Him, and it's a great thing that He's on hand, ready to give me the wisdom and the mercy and the direction and hear my prayer, as it says, when we call upon Him. How wonderful to have God at hand, and again, and be able on the moment, on the moment to call upon Him for all things, as it shows us in this Verse. When we draw nigh to Him, then He'll draw nigh to us. Let me give you a couple other verses. Psalm 24, verses 3 through 5. Psalm 24, verses 3 through 5. Notice again, it said in this verse, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Well, Psalm 24, 3 through 5 goes with that statement. Who shall ascend in the hill of God? Anybody here want to ascend to the hill of God? Or who shall stand in His holy place? Well, I'd like to be there. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. What a wonderful thought. We draw nigh having clean hands. It is the person of Christ who fills us and separates us, what? Unto himself, unto himself. What a wonderful thought. What a wonderful thought that is. Then verse 9. Again, it says, be afflicted and mourn. We submit ourselves to God. We resist the devil. We draw nigh to God. And here is how we draw nigh, right? <laughs> be, be afflicted and mourn. If there's if there's any, we, we check ourselves. If there's anything in our life that shouldn't be there, if we're doing things we ought not to do, you know what? We repent. We get that. We get, amen, we get those things clear, and we draw nigh to God. The way to get clean. The idea here is to for, fear God and forsake sin. This should be our prayer. Now we say we want to draw nigh to God, but if we see something in our life that shouldn't be, here's a good prayer for you: Lamentations 5:21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days of old. Hey, if you're if you're following your GPS, right, and all of a sudden you 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 miss an you miss a direction you were supposed to take, what does it say? Take, the, take, the, take a U-turn as quick as you can. Take a U-turn as quick as you can. That's what your GPS tells you. Hey, do you listen to it? Well, that GPS ain't going to tell me what to do. I'll go as far out of the way as I want to. Amen? I'll go as far out of the way as I want to. Now, that would sound funny, wouldn't it? I mean, if you were riding with somebody and they said, hey, he it's telling you to take a U-turn. I'm not going to let some GPS tell me what to do. I can go far out of the way as I want to. You say, oh, man, what's wrong with this guys having a bad day? Well, you may, you may think that's crazy with your GPS, but how many people do that to God, right? They don't, they don't take a direction that God wants them to take, and God's saying, you turn, you turn. God ain't going to tell me what to do. I'll, go, I'll get as far away from God as I want to. Yeah, yeah, it sounds funny if you say it, but how many people do that? They keep going, and God's going, you turn, you turn. You know what you need to say? God, help me to make that you turn right now. Help me to get back in the direction I'm supposed to be going. Help me to uh, go back to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Turn thou us, Lord, and we shall be turned. What 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 a wonderful thing that we can cry out to God, and He'll do it for us. And, of course, that goes right along with humble yourselves, verse 10, in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. The Bible says again in verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. How often, right? We think about how God humbles us and allows things to come in our life to show us that we are dependent upon him. He made this statement, wasn't it, in, in, in John 15 or something, without me you can't do nothing. And you know what that means? Exactly what it says, nothing. <laughs> you can't do nothing, amen, without him. You are completely dependent upon him. And why wouldn't you want to be? Hey, I'm glad to be completely dependent upon God. Amen? I'm glad that uh, He's there to give me and to guide me in all the things in life. What a wonderful thing that is. Our Heavenly Father desires for us to have what? The mind of Christ. How do we know if we have the mind of Christ? Well, thank God He put Philippians 2 in there. Philippians 2 in there. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. You know these verses, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, which again says... Let this mind be in you. See, I like when he uses that word let. You know, it's like it's, like it's already available, right? You just, it's, you know, when, when, you, when you think of a dam, right, the water is already pushed up against one side. And all they have to do is open those gates and then just let it go through. It's already there. They just open whatever's stopping it. They just remove that out of the way and they just let it come through. That's how we do, you know, let, let, let brotherly love continue, right? The mind of Christ is already in us. It's already backed up. <laughs> it's already right there, right? That love that God wants to have is already there. And if there's an obstruction stopping it from flowing, we just need to get out of the way and just let it take its course. Let the mind of Christ be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery equal with God, but made himself, you see, conscious decision. Conscious decision. The Christian life is about conscious decisions. Consciously letting God have his way in his life. Consciously being obedient to the word of God. Consciously yielding to the spirit. Consciously, amen, these things so God can have his way. Made himself of no reputation. Took upon him. You see, he's proactive. We need to be proactive Christians. The form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fascist man, what? He humbled himself, became obedient. Humility and obedience unto death, even the death of the cross. You see those words? Humility. He suffered the humiliation of incarnation before he suffered the humiliation of the crucifixion. Right? Obedience. Whether or not we are humbling ourselves, right, will be evidence in whether or not we are obeying what God wants in our life. So we see that in verses 8 through 10. Then in verses 11 through 12, we see warning, right? We saw the warning against pride. Now we see the warning against criticism. Speak not evil one of another. Boy, anything, I tell you, one thing that drives me crazy is an attitude and a, a critical spirit. Listen, uh, and it says right here, speak not evil one of another. He that speaketh the evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh the evil of the law and judge the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a the law but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgeth another? Again, yeah, I've said it before, right? I I, I don't like it. I don't I don't I don't. Hey, yeah, a preacher could be preaching the truth, but if he preaches with an attitude, man, I I I, I, I don't like it, right? And, or if I'm talking, listen, don't witness with an attitude. I've seen people get out there and witness with an attitude. Well, if you're not going to listen, then you can just this or whatever, whatever. <laughs> These things ought not to be so, brother. Amen. Listen, uh, listen. Uh, We should, if we're going to have an attitude, have the mind of Christ and the attitude of Christ. Right? Have that compassion. Have that. Be bold. Be bold, but do it with love and compassion and grace and wisdom. Right? When people are worldly minded and proud, they are often quick to. If you see yourself getting a critical spirit, boy, think about that. Worldly minded, proud. Often quick to criticize. The whole, if the Holy Spirit's controlling your mind and mouth, you won't be quick uh, to criticize. You won't have an attitude. You won't speak evil of your brethren. Right. Then finishing up verses thirteen through seventeen, we see the warning against arrogance and self-confidence. Warning against arrogance and self-confidence. Again, it says, uh, uh, "Go to now." Right. Don't say today or tomorrow we will do such a thing, right? Putting confidence in self and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. You see, pride, first was pride, then came criticism, and boy, that goes right with self-confidence, right? You get prideful, you start criticizing people, and then you start putting confidence in self. Notice verse 15, right? For thou ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live. And do this or that. That's why we say, not only if the Lord tarries, but if the Lord tarries and lets me live, amen, both have to happen. So when everything is right and we want to do right, when everything is right and we want to do right, we should have no problem saying, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. You see, the frailty of life, the shortness of life, the uncertainty of life ought to check the vanity and presumptuous confidence amen of all our future projects so that we gladly say if the lord wills i mean if something is not god's will would you really want to do it i mean if you say you're saved and a child of god if something's not god's will do you really want to do it then you should have no problem saying if the lord wills trusting with that decision trusting with that direction in your life so friends life is short life is a vapor life is a little time i guarantee you ask you ask uh, 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 one of the older people here right hey brother uh, how long you been here oh, i just been here a little time a little 87 years amen i just been here a little, it seems like that doesn't it i just been here a little time i've been here a little time don't waste it Don't waste this little time. Stay submitted to God. Resist the devil. Stay close to God. Say, Lord, help me to avoid pride. Lord, help me to avoid criticism. Lord, help me to avoid self-confidence. And Lord, help all my confidence to be in thee alone. And if we'll do that, amen, God will use these things and use us to his glory. So understand that what we do with God, what we do with God or allow God to do with us, determines what we are able to do with our one life, with our short life. That's right, it's your life. What are you going to do with it? So make the most of your one life by yielding it all to God. Recognize that, again, life is short. There's no time to waste. Be obedient to the Lord now, without delay. So I ask the young people, but I ask everybody, amen, when's the last time you came and did business with God said, Lord, I don't know how much time I've left, but whatever it is, I want it to be in your hands and under your control. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God to teach us, to guide us in our life. And Lord, help us to realize, Lord, whether we're, whether we're, whether we're, uh, uh, 90 or nine, it's a short life. It's a vapor. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, touch our hearts. I think, again, especially for the, whatever in the young people tonight, God, touch hearts. And, Lord, help us all, help us all to make the main thing, the main thing, and let it be the main thing for the rest of our life. Lord, again, help us to submit, help us to resist. And when the devil flees, help us to draw nigh to you. Lord, let's be, let us be on hand for whatever you want for our life. Thank you, God, that you're willing to be on hand for what we need in our life. So, Lord, we trust you. We rest in your faithfulness. We commit these things to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Page number 186. Take the world, but give me Jesus. 186, let's stand. 186. Take the world, but give me Jesus, all its joys are but a name. But his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. O the height and depth of mercy, O the length and breadth of love, Oh, the fullness of redemption, Pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me, Jesus, Sweetest comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching o'er me, I can sing, though billows roll. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Oh, verse three. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view his constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrim journey Light will cheer me all the while Oh, the height and depth of mercy Oh, the length and breadth of love Oh, the fullness of redemption Pledge of endless life above And on that last... Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross my truth shall be. Till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of
1: redemption, pledge of endless life above. Well, that song on each stanza, it says it right. Take the world, but give me Jesus. You can't, can't have both. Like the song says, I have decided. There's that conscious decision. I have decided. I made the conscious decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. What? The world behind me, the cross before me. You know, you can't can't have it both ways. It's got to be that clear decision. Amen? Aren't you glad that you've made that clear decision? Amen. All right, uh, uh, young people, don't forget uh, Friday night uh, with uh, the marks. Uh, men, don't forget the prayer breakfast uh, on uh, on Saturday, and then be praying for uh, this uh, Easter Sunday and the, the events there. And uh, I pray some people maybe that haven't been able to come out for a while uh, uh, will make it and uh, be with us. And the Lord just gives a, a good day on this Lord's day. Brother Thomas, please close in prayer.